Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. I've always sort of been in the mentality of like, well, if it isn't built, why don't I just build it? My name is Esprit Devora, host of The Women in Tech Show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create The Women in Tech Show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. I call it actionable empowerment. Every single episode, you'll hear the story of a fantastic woman in tech, from engineers to founders to investors to journalists to designers, all sorts of different females in tech who have thrived. I want to share their stories with you so that you can know what resources, mentors, and life situations they accessed in order to get to where they are today. Enjoy. Welcome back to the Women in Tech podcast here in Austin, Texas, celebrating women in tech around the world. And I have Nat here with me. Hello. What's up? How's it going? It's going. I love Austin. Uh, You love the triple digit weather? I don't mind, (laughs) but everybody else seems to. I went to Congress the other day and this guy was like, no one's out. Usually this street is packed. No one's here because it's so hot. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Sure. I'm Natalie Fan. I'm the founder of On Vinyl Media and our company helps local musicians here in Austin uh, get into retail spaces through their commercial audio streams. So background music, in-store audio, uh, all sorts of stuff. And when did you first fall in love with technology? Um, I think... That technology has always been a huge part of my life just because, I mean, I, I grew up, you know, I, I'm probably one of the very last, like, uh, generations to really remember what an encyclopedia is. <laughs> but so I actually true. grew up, you know, with the rise of Google and, you know, learning pretty much everything by just researching everything by myself um, and getting really interested into in different hobbies such as music licensing and just doing research on that. Um, and in terms of like just technology in general, it runs the world. So it's really impossible not to get into technology. And how do you utilize tech to build your business? Well, we have a streaming platform um, that was sort of built sort of like a radio station in that they have um, categories or, you know, if you want to think of it as drawers within a kitchen where you can put music and categorize your music that way. Um, and our technology pretty much spits out every, like, every song, uh, one after another, just following the pattern of categories that we put them in. So that's essentially, it's a streaming platform that is based off of radio technology that's been sort of just smoothed smoothed out for what we're trying to do with it. And um, how did you even learn how to do that? It seems very overwhelming. Are you a programmer yourself? I am. No, I'm not a programmer myself. We have a team that does that. But um, I got into this through college radio. So I I was a co-founder for a radio station back in college. 
um, that I started and just became my baby. And then after I graduated, they told me I couldn't take it with me. So yeah. I was like, okay, well, I'll just start this this company, I guess, and made it my full-time job. And uh, yeah, that's, I mean, the, the hardest part was just learning about legalities and licensing law. And that was the most difficult part. Of course, we have legal counsel that helps us too. But for the most part, the most difficult thing about it is just copyright law. Do you know the movie Pump Up the Volume? No, I'm oh. not very good with movies. Uh, it's, uh, it's just about an indie radio show. So it reminded me of your story, like going and, you know, really being passionate about having an indie radio show and wanting to make that. Like, yeah. Long jump, yeah. Yeah. Long term. And walk us through where the company is today and how you started creating it. I mean, it just seems, I mean, Pandora, Spotify, these are huge companies <laughs> that deal with licensing issues and bandwidth and everything else. Um, how do you go about this as a startup? You know, there's not a really good starting point. And if you wait too long to kind of flesh out an idea, I feel like the passion behind it gets lost. And so with me, I kind of like to jump in and test it right away. Um, and for me, the testing phase of it was sort of half completed with what I had done with the radio station. I took that experience and I just put it into um, you know, this new company and this new, you know, organization, everything that I've known about, like putting together teams that can work really well together right. in order to get things done. Um, the hardest part for me was trying to get someone help me with the technology piece of it. And right. that's sort of, I mean, from a third party perspective, you could probably tell if I talked to you long enough um that, you know, I've failed multiple times in trying to get this up and running. It was the most difficult part of this whole piece. And it was such a huge part because it is the product. Yeah. Um, but it's just about finding the right people. And that, I'm just I'm just big on good people, you know, so I'm just big on good people. Um, who are passionate about things that are local. And um, are you from Austin? I'm from Houston originally, but I moved here six years ago. And how are you finding the Austin tech community? Are they, is it a collaborative space? What's it like? It's, um, so there's two different communities that I've sort of gotten myself into. So there's the music community and then there's the tech community. And unfortunately, they don't talk to each other very much. Yeah. Um, so that could be a little frustrating because I think the startup scene for me is, is just a lot of, uh, a lot of words like disrupt and, and, you know, fundraising and, and things like that. It's, it's, it's a lot different than how you would talk to a musician, which is what I have to do a lot of the time. Right. So you have to stop, talk, talk a lot of different languages. Um, for the most part, I feel like the music community is a lot more inclusive, but I mean, I think that's just an overall problem, not just in Austin, you know, um, I would love to get into some more, you know, technology networking events here in Austin. And what is a huge challenge that you've successfully overcome? How did you overcome it? And what did you learn from it? It's uh, there's lots of different <laughs> my my job all day is just to solve problems. Um I think the most difficult part about it for me was just raising the money for such a huge project. Yeah. So, I mean, I've been lucky enough to be able to, I mean, I, I used to work a corporate job when I was just starting on vinyl and that sort of helped me put a little bit of padding, um, in, 
into this business. And so we've been able to bootstrap it. And then we got a family friend involved and then he helped a lot with it too. So um, it would have been impossible if I hadn't had that, you know, luck and just being in that position, you know, so I, you know, if, if this takes off and I end up being like super rich, (laughs) I, you know, I'd love to have conversations with women who aren't so lucky, who kind of, um, have great ideas that the only thing stopping them is the money portion of it. What's a goal that you have for your company? Like, where do you want to be a year, two years? What's the dream? I think, I always have a social goal and then I have an economic goal. And I think socially what I'd really love to see, particularly in the music community, is more appreciation for local musicians. So our our big thing is we're huge on local musicians. We want to help them get to the next step. But the music industry has been so siloed and so difficult to even, you know, you can make music, but is anyone going to hear it? Right. There's a ton of other things that they can be be listening to. So I think what it takes is just a little bit of organization and you can organize it by, you know, local uh, music communities. And if you make it strong enough in Austin, they might be able to dominate the market here and go elsewhere rather than just putting out your music to the entire world and hoping that something, you know, gets lucky and and gets big. Um, So socially for me, I'd really love to see more of a local community being built. And that's sort of what we're trying to do. Economically, um, hopefully, you know, the more money that we we can get out of this project, the more we can invest back into the community to feed that social goal. Totally. Mm -hmm. And what are some of your favorite software tools or apps um, to run things or even in your personal life? Like what what are some of your go-tos? Oh, my gosh. My calendar? (laughs) I don't know. I'd live without it. Um, Trello for me. So many people say Trello. Such an easy, simple tool that everyone should be using, and it's free. And it's I've been using it for years and years and years, and people have been trying to get me to switch to different platforms yeah. and and whatnot. But Trello for me is just the easiest way to manage everything in my life. <laughs> yeah. Um. Aside from that, I use Slack to communicate. Um. But really, it really doesn't take much. I'm not huge on using a ton of software. I used to like play around with a, a lot of different kinds of software. And in I guess it kind of depends on what I'm trying to do. But for the most part, project management-wise, I use Trello every day. And in starting your company, did you have any reservations about it? Were you concerned? Did you have to overcome any personal barriers? Yeah. It's hard it's to not, start a business. It really is. Yeah. I mean – I've always sort of been in the mentality of like, well, if is it if it isn't built, why don't I just build it? Right. Like I had no in- intention of building a radio station back when I did when I was eighteen. Uh, by the way, I had a radio station. T- well, you, yeah, not a. It sounds like you had a whole radio station. I just had a show. Oh, <laughs> on the on the college's channel. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, even that takes a lot of um, planning and execution. Um, yeah, I I had just come from my high school. I wanted to be in journalism and or something digitally related. And uh I noticed that the school didn't have a radio station and I was just like, I'll just oh, I'll just I'll just build one. Yeah. And no idea what it took, you know, like 
the money it took, yeah. the knowledge on licensing, the legalities behind internet radio, behind, um, you know, building literally a team of 60 students that were unpaid, right. that had to put in 10 to 15 hours of work on top of their schoolwork and whatever jobs that they may have had, you know, all of this stuff. It, it didn't really, it wasn't daunting to me because I just saw it as this fun little project. Yeah. And it kind of grew into this huge thing that by the time I had realized what I'd gotten myself into, I was already so invested that I had to continue. Right. And it's sort of like that for me. Um, but I do know a lot of people, again, with a lot of great ideas who grew up um, with literally barely anything. You know, yeah. they're, they're putting themselves through college and their parents um, weren't wealthy. They weren't fortunate enough to, you know, have some extra cash. And it makes things just living very, very difficult right. for them. But they're brilliant people. And if they just had a little bit of help from the people around them, yeah. then I feel like this world would be a better place and we'd have a ton of different ideas helping us innovate, you know, whatever space that they're in. It's one of the things I love about Austin and the culture here is it really celebrates the independent producer, the independent artist, creator, mm -hmm. designer. Like it's about keeping it within the community, helping the the commerce go toward the indie person. and. Yeah. The the Austin culture really promotes that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a really collaborative community. Where can people find you online? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter um, at Nat Fantastic N A T P H A N Tastic. Um, you can find me on Facebook, LinkedIn. You know, I'm very. I don't post very much on Facebook, but you know, I'm I'm out there. <laughs> and what is your favorite book, professional or personal, or both? Oh my gosh. Okay, so. Personally, um, I read The Power of Now, and I know that's a little bit of a cliche, but for the people who haven't read it yet, it's such a powerful book. It just, you know, keeps you in line with the present moment right. and keeps you appreciative for what you do have. Um, professionally, I would say one of my favorite books and a very easy read is Contagious by oh. Jonah Berger. Um, applicable to pretty much any project out there that needs marketing, which is like every project. So teach you, it teaches you the steps of what viral marketing is and how you can really get your ideas out there yeah. and your products out there. Love it. And before we start to wrap up, when you reached out to your friends and family to help raise money for your company, that's something mm -hmm. that a lot of us think about and we may be apprehensive. When do you think is the right time? How would you approach it? And when is it not the best to just bootstrap on your own until you get to XYZ metric and then ask, like, how did you know when to embark down that path? Right. It's not so easy, especially if you don't come from, you know, uh, you know, a background like that. Um, for me, the fundraising piece was a huge piece to all, to all of this. And I think what it really just takes is your display of passion Um and knowing how to network within the community is always the key to everything. And for me, I mean, my family wasn't able to help all that much. Yeah. But I found some family friends who were interested. And it was just about getting the word out about yeah. what I was doing and getting like-minded people behind that idea. Um, so just starting with being able to communicate what you are doing 
to the right audience and knowing how to talk to them because they're not going to be, you're not going to be talking to them the same way you're going to be talking to, um, you know, a VC, right? So it's, it's just about shaping your language in a way that helps you communicate with your friends and family, um, helps you communicate with angel investors, and then, you know, the same with VCs. And how did you present to them? Um, did you draft up a document or what, do, what does that look like? You definitely want to get a business plan together. Um, that's always just going to be the first piece to everything. Is and there just, a particular resource you utilize to know how to write a business plan? Business school. Uh-huh. <laughs> Expensive business ran- yes. plan writing course. Yes. Uh, no, there's, I mean, General Assembly has some really great classes all the time. Um, live plan is a really great, it just, it's all about organization. Again, live plan. We'll yeah. include that in, in the show notes. Live Carl, plan is a business plan organizer. So I think it's fairly cheap to, um, to subscribe to and then you pay on a monthly basis mm-hmm. and then it's free for a certain amount of time. So if you get done with the business plan before the trial even ends, then yeah. you just cancel your subscription. And yeah, it's just a great tool. Uh, I'm using it right now for another one of my projects. And yeah, it's it's just overall like really great organization. And you can find a ton of resources online. You know, like I'm I'm a huge believer in that if you don't know how to do something in this world that we live in right now with all the YouTube videos and all of the Wikipedia pages and everything at your fingertips, you can learn how to do it. And then did your family, like, or whoever invested, your family's friends, did they sign a document or was it just, we believe in you? What did that look like? Yeah, it was a, it was a document. Um, I think the relationship between us is a little different than if it were someone else that was a complete stranger or a VC. Yeah. You know, cause, um, you know, there is pressure to be able to some someday like give them back the money. Totally. But it's it's not going to be as high as if like I owe millions of totally. dollars to to this huge like VC firm or something. Totally. You know. So how did how did you know how to prepare the document? I believe I drafted most of it myself. Oh, interesting. Okay. In terms of like the points that I yeah. wanted included, and then I gave it to a lawyer to look it over. And how – and that's pretty much like where I'm going. How did you find the lawyer? Because I think there's so many people right now. They're like, I want to go down this path, but I don't even know where to get started. Yeah. So um, it's so tricky finding a lawyer. I mean, you think that they would know what's best for you to do. Right. But it's really not that way. Like I would say the best thing for you to do is do it all yourself up until the point where you can't. Right. And then get someone else involved to help you. Um, that's the same with bootstrapping and that's the same with getting legal help, um, especially with something as involved as licensing. Yeah. It's such a niche thing that it was very difficult for me to find the right lawyer to help me with licensing law for commercial spaces. Right. Right. Because most people don't really – that's not what you specialize right, in right. law school apparently. So um, it it was like a series of interviews with different lawyers just to, just to find the right one who knew what he was talking about. Um, and, you know, after that, the, the business part of it isn't so tricky because most like business lawyers will know how to guide you in the right, right. direction. I would steer away from using things like LegalZoom, though that could be a really great resource for you to draft right. it up yourself. Um, and after... You know, after you do that, just make sure you you dot all your I's and cross all your T's and hand it off to a lawyer to make sure that you've done the same thing. And, 
you know, get it started. Right. Yeah. And where can people check out Vinyl More online? On Vinyl, um, you can find it at onvinylmedia.com. Onvinylmedia.com. On, on vinyl and media. on social? Are you guys on mm-hmm. social? Yep. On vinyl? At on vinyl. Okay, cool. Or at on vinyl media for all the handles. Was there anything that you wanted to cover that we didn't get to yet? Um, Not really. Again, I would just like to stress the importance of like if you have a huge idea, you know, get it as far as you can with the capital that you do have and then see where it takes you. Because if you don't ever start the journey in fear that you might not be able to finish the journey. I guarantee you there's a ton of people with money who've never finished the journey and, you know, they've just stopped um, for whatever reason and you have a real shot at this. Totally. Yeah. Thank you. Absolutely. I appreciate you hanging out with the Women in Tech podcast. Yeah, I love this. Thank you for having me. Of course. If you want to connect with more incredible women in tech around the world, remember to go to the Women in Tech Facebook group at womenintechvip.com. That's womenintechvip.com. Or say hello on social at Women in Tech Show on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. I will see you guys, talk to you guys, hear you guys in the next episode. Bye. I'm Natalie Fan. I'm the founder of On Vinyl Media out of Austin, Texas. We're a commercial licensing company for local musicians, and you're listening to Women in Tech. Impact Hub here in Austin, Texas has been our home. We want to give a huge thanks to making it possible for us to comfortably meet and interview several inspiring women in tech. They have the most collaborative workspace, incredible events, beautiful design, a hammock in their backyard. What? It's an incredible space. You have to check it out if you're in Austin. Thank you so much for being a part of the Women in Tech journey. Be sure to go to impacthubaustin.com to get your free day of co-working. I want to give a huge thanks to the team at SpyCloud. SpyCloud protects your employee and customer information from breaches and account takeovers. Try SpyCloud's early warning breach detection platform. SpyCloud made it possible for us to meet with several women in tech here in Austin, Texas, and I am so thankful that they have been part of the Women in Tech podcast journey. Get protected today by going to spycloud.com. That's S-P-Y-C-L-O-U-D.com. Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.